This is Laughing Your Mask Off. But before we begin, we want to see you at our show at the Duplex at 8 p.m. on May 16th in New York City, featuring wonderful comedians who have been on this show so far. Tickets to the show can be found in our Instagram bio and on purplepass.com. Come listen to the guests you've heard on this podcast. Do the thing they're good at. Welcome to Laughing Your Mask Off, the podcast where we talk to comedians about navigating the world of comedy since the pandemic. I'm Katherine Cowan. And I'm Carly Palestina. And today we are talking to the dank memer, Steve Cohen. Yay! Dank <laughs> memer sounds even funnier when Carly says it. I don't know. That's uh, fantastic. <laughs> That's fantastic. There are some adjectives people ask me to say that sounds so wrong when they come out of my mouth, but it's... um. It's just how we kick it off, this, but welcome. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for having me. Catherine, can we hear you say dink memer? No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we can't. That's an episode for another day. That's not really <laughs> yeah, you. I, uh, that's correct. I don't, I don't deny that. Um, great. Got off to a great start here. Um, <laughs> so Steve, not Steven. Want to explain that? explain uh my name yeah. yeah um my my birth name was uh Stephen and uh for years I I would just go back and forth between Steve and Stephen and then after college I moved to Chicago with some college friends and they asked me what I was going to go by and I said I'm going to go by Steve-O and they said no you can't pull that off and I uh went around the Chicago improv scene telling everyone my name was Steve-O one day I invited my college friends to a party and they were, they went up to my new improv friends and they're like, hey, what do you think of Steve? And my new improv friend said, Who, who's Steve? Do you mean Steve-O? He doesn't <laughs> go by Steve, he goes by Steve-O. And it slowly entered my family life in Florida. Whenever I'd go down, they started calling me Steve-O. And then once I hit 28, I realized how douchey it was that I had made everyone call me Steve-O. But now whenever I go back to Chicago or whenever I talk to my mom, it's Steve-O. And it's just a reminder that I am a dick bag. <laughs> <laughs> well, very interesting history on the name. Where? What's your like life story other than that? Like, where are you from? How'd you get oh, started sure. in comedy? Just like, tell us about you. Yeah, um, I'm from Jupiter, Florida, uh, where uh, Burt Reynolds is from. Uh, we also used to have Celine Dion living there before she left us for Vegas. Very rude. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I grew up with a very inappropriate grandfather on my dad's side, and he used to just tell dirty jokes in front of us all of the time, uh, like, like really filthy jokes. And it was so bad that uh, when I was a little kid, I met Burt Reynolds, who used to shop at my family's store. And my dad asked if I wanted an autograph, and I said, okay. So I walked up, I must have been four or five, and I said, can I have your autograph? and handed him my dad's pen and he reached into his briefcase and just pulled out pictures because that's what Burt Reynolds has in his briefcase like he doesn't <laughs> he doesn't have office work he just has that in his briefcase and he signed it hands me the picture and I'm just staring at him with a picture and he goes what what is it kid what do you want and I said you didn't give me back my dad's fucking pen <laughs> so uh yeah um my my grandfather uh ruined me uh with that and I always wanted to make people laugh and was just I was just terrible at it you know um and uh I I would try all the time and my friends were like stop trying stop trying to be funny and then one day they're like oh okay no you can keep doing this this is okay so I uh, just took a lot of practice in uh middle school to uh, finally be funny 
Great. So then how did you get started in stand-up specifically? Um, I had actually, um, I did improv and sketch um, in Chicago at um, Second City, IO, Annoyance, the Playground. And I had uh, taken over my mom's store in Florida because she was sick for a little while. She got better and really got into the health food industry, decided to uh, move up here so I could uh, work in the health food industry and do improv. But it turns out you have to meet with a group of people. It's really, really hard <laughs> to like be on other people's schedules. So I quit. And then a few years back, a friend said, you know, Stephen, you could just do stand up and run your business. You've got enough time for both. Um, it turns out that friend's an idiot. You don't have enough time for both. There's <laughs> barely enough time for either. Um, but yeah, I don't have to meet up with a group so I can, you know, write wherever I am. And uh, yeah, it's just slowly taken over my entire life. Every waking moment is, is this good for a joke now? Wow. Yeah, I hear that. Um, so then you, so you started doing standup in, in the days leading up to the pandemic, like, cause our yeah. podcast, you know, goes through the pandemic. Yeah. Where were you in comedy? Like, what was your life like? Um, what were you up to in comedy? Yeah. Um, so I, uh, started January, 2019 for standup. I got the residency with the industry room. Um, I was in the best of F fest for F comedy festival. Um, and I was actually out in California when the news started popping up and was performing uh, in the, at the fourth wall in North Hollywood and at Flappers on uh, the 28th of February. And all the comics in the green room at Flappers are sitting there chatting like, oh, is this, is this gonna be serious? I don't think it's gonna be serious. The next morning I woke up and everything out there was canceled. Uh, I got back to New York and there was two weeks of shows and then everything got canceled. And all of a sudden we were all just moving over to social media and just posting on social media insanely because we had no outlet. You couldn't even go and see your friends really because we didn't know at the time if, if you were at Central Park standing next to your friend, if you could pass this along, it was it was really crazy. Um, I, I was out for a walk one day trying to keep my space. A guy almost jogged into me and I yelled at him and I was like, you got to be careful. You're going to die. Not thinking that that was a threat, thinking like, <laughs> oh, you're very old. Like you should be more careful than I should. You could die from this. Um, he took it as a threat and then he spit on me. <laughs> uh, yeah. And, uh, I, I had a nice little nervous breakdown and my family told me to uh, come home. And, uh, during the time period while I was having a nervous breakdown, I needed something to do. I started doing an Instagram live every day, which I think I did for like three months straight, every single day, an hour. Um, I, I don't think I knew either of you yet at that time. I think I met you all like way later on in the pandemic. Um, but yeah, I would just have people on comics um actors and interview them and they would tell jokes and that was the only way I kind of kept my sanity that turned into a game show with Westside Comedy Club that I then took independent um that started out as WTF Steve and then became uh Come Inside where I would just make comics answer stupid things I would make them come on and caption things and uh yeah we had we had a lot of followers that I still get to interact with a lot now, which is really cool. And when live comedy came back, that show kept going and I left to go and produce shows. 
You were talking a lot about traveling for comedy and the industry room and different things that are back now, but you were talking about them in a pre-pandemic world. Have you noticed a difference between the energy of those things, like festivals and contests and the industry room stuff pre-pandemic versus now? Um, yeah, I mean, it feels like, it feels like all of that sort of, you know, contest and competition thing is back and it's, uh, it's really interesting. I know, uh, Candy Claire runs a great class at New York Comedy Club. I was, uh, in one of those first classes back, uh, over there. It was, it was an amazing class, really cool. Right now, um, you, you all know Rebecca Kaplan and Kate Hester. They're uh, out with, uh, oh, actually, I think Eitan Levine and Aurora Kai out in Ohio somewhere at the Rubber Something Fest. And my Instagram is just full of pictures of them hanging out there and me having FOMO. Um, but yeah, it, it seems like it's back. Would you say that it's, do you think it's easier to be applying for things now than it was before the pandemic? Or is there really no difference? Like, does it seem like the same so, yeah, I mean, I think the thing about comedy and uh, really anything in general is the more you practice, the better you get. And so obviously with being on stage, the more you're on stage, the more you're running your lines, the funnier your jokes are going to be usually. It's the same thing, I think, with auditioning or with applying for things. You really just have to sit there and do it and do it and do it. Like, I remember... Uh, when I was, when I was your age, I was very bad at dating. I was horrible at talking to women. I didn't know what to say. And I had to make a lot, a lot of mistakes uh, before I realized that you all are just normal people. And I should have just talked to you like normal people the entire time. Uh, I'm so sorry to any of those women that I flirted with in the past. Uh, yeah, you guys are just normal people. My apologies. But, <laughs> but uh, um, uh, yeah, like I, I really had to go through that. And I think that that's true with, with most things. You just have to keep practicing. Well, speaking of producing, um, you were talking, you produce a lot of content. Like you do shows, you've done a lot of web stuff. And you were talking about how a lot of that came out of things you were doing in the pandemic. What was the thing that drove you to start making these shows? And what's that process been like? I, I was really frightened that I was not going to hug anyone for two years. I had just gotten out of a relationship. Yeah, right. I just got out of a relationship. I was so freaked out. My family lives in different places. I'm the only one up here in New York. I live in a studio apartment. I was like, oh my God, I'm not going to have any human contact. Everybody else was saying, oh, it's going to last two weeks. I was reading reports out of England where the government was saying this is going to take a year and a half. And then it came out that the scientists that said longer and the government was trying to shrink it. I was freaked out. Um, so I started creating stuff for myself to do to just put my attention towards while it was going on. Um, but I also remember like telling other comics this and then they would be like, Stephen, stop saying that. I can't hear that. I can't hear that. Lo and behold, it lasted like two years off and on with us having to go inside and outside. I mean, it's happening in Shanghai. I think right now still, they're still doing like lockdown and stuff. So we'll, uh, we'll see, but yeah, that really, that really pushed me towards it. When, when did you both start stand up? Cause I didn't meet you until um, I think Catherine, I met you after 
COVID, like, like in live stuff. And then I met Carly uh, through Zoom. And then all of a sudden found out that you two were roommates. <laughs> yeah. Later we on. Don't, it's, it's honestly like people just don't seem to get um, that Carly and I really only interact with each other. Yep, yeah, it's true. Um, so yeah, we're, we are never apart. Um, for the podcast listeners who are like, are Carly and Catherine ever not together? Um, because they've never heard us not together. It's true. Oh, that's actually so true. Is that cute? Oh, yeah. One time I thought Carly was by herself, but then it turned out Catherine was just picking a pencil up from under a table. Like she just popped up all of a sudden. I was like, oh, right, there's Catherine and Carly. They're right, together. right. There's, we were not allowed to be separated. It's in our contract. When we yeah. feel um, like being one person independently, we, we can't really. So we just pull like a two kids in a trench coat type <laughs> deal. When you're both That's why you always see us in a trench coat. It's like, I'm either with Carly or in a trench coat. Yeah, those are your only two options. Yeah, absolutely. And I really like I really like the fedora that you all wear. Where did you all get that fedora from? Because it's amazing. We made it ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. Just to pop it into Joanne's craft. That's what's going to come next after the podcast. Like once we're done with comedy, we get it out of our system. We're going to open a fedora shop mm-hmm. and, and uh, that's, a, that'll be another location where you can see me and Carly um, together all the time. We exclusively service the codependent. Yes, that's true. <laughs> I, I, uh, I really love the idea that you're going to get comedy out of your system. Like you're going to somehow get past your trauma okay yeah we're gonna we're gonna get past it don't you fear we're gonna say all the jokes that'll ever come to our (laughs) minds then all of a sudden the jokes are gonna stop yeah and we're gonna be like time for the fedora that's the life plan i'm so glad you brought this up it's like we don't talk about this enough it's true i hope your last your last comedy album is Mm -hmm. a uh two disc album you know each of you separately standing on stage while the other one performs right and it's called I'm for the fedora. Like it says snap. Yeah. I'm for the fedora. Yeah. And that's how you all bow out. That's how we all know the Catherine and Carly craze is over. Yeah. Yep. Our so, fans will be so disappointed. They're like time time out. <laughs> yeah. That's we're gonna get written about it in um magazines. Oh it's not just time out. <laughs> that's why I, that thing that's where, like, that where I said oh. I don't know Carly you don't know really fun Carly and I went outside today and it's very cold it out. was so horrible out I'm like still recovering <laughs> what's I haven't been outside yet uh oh what, my god don't about? even get me started it is so cold it is a cold b windy c different degrees of rain all the time it's true so you're like oh it's a drizzle and they're like oh it's a pour and then you're like oh it's a normal rain oh it's a drizzle again within the span of like a minute it's it's i'm like upset it's wild honestly new york rain is weird i remember wow look at this seamless segue it'd be more seamless if i didn't point this out but i remember i was gonna be on one of your shows but you messaged i think the night before and you're like or no no it was the morning of and you're like hey the it's raining so hard that the theater is actually flooded. We cannot do a show here. <laughs> and so that was a, the rain here gets real weird, real fast. It gets fast. real weird. Real yeah, fast. yeah. So yeah. back on the show note, see, look at that segue. Oh my God, you are so smart. Wow. But how has producing the shows and producing stuff how was the transition between doing that online and virtually to bringing it in real life, Ben? And do sure. you prefer doing it 
I mean, I feel like this question has an obvious answer, but maybe you have an interesting one. Like, do you prefer one over the other? Okay. Um, well, first off, one of the things about producing shows that I've learned is like, uh, who hates me enough, they'll still keep being rude to me after I'm producing a show that they might be able to get on. That's been interesting. That was supposed to be a joke. Oh, you guys, no, all right. That's too, too serious. All right. Um, fair enough. Uh, there, there's some truth there. Um, so I, I, of course, you know, love the live comedy. It's very, very hard to do uh, stand up on a on a virtual show the show that i was running was more of a game show so it didn't have to have the laughs that you might normally get and we had a really interactive audience i've been talking to different people um about possibly doing a show where it's both live and live stream at the same time and trying to figure out a way where the audience and the performers could all interact together kind of bringing back that game show. And I think it's a great idea, just finding the space for it. Um, I've talked to the people at Custom House, which is where I run one of my shows, and they've got all the technology for it, but the amount of time that has to go behind creating that show and coming up with the stuff each time you do it, it's, uh, it's a lot. It's a, it's a lot of stuff. So I don't, uh, I don't know. Did I answer all of the questions? I feel like it was a three-part question. And I just answered one part. No, you did answer it. That was great. Can you talk a little more about your game show? Like, what is it? <laughs> yeah, um, I would, uh, we'd have different types of games, maybe quiz games sometimes, but slowly we realized that just letting the comedians be creative was the best part. So we had a game called What That Mouth Do. We would send images to the comics the week before, and we'd also post them on uh, Twitter and let people respond and tell us what the caption of that picture is, what someone's saying, what's happening, whatever. And then we would have a judge on each week, a different judge, and they would decide who got first, second, and third place each round. And then those people would get a certain amount of points. But also on Twitter, we would pick the best, uh, the best images, or I'm sorry, the best captions for those images. And then we'd say it and mention the person uh, on Twitter. And that really... Uh, helped to create a lot of audience interaction. Like a lot of people were really just watching to see if their thing got picked. And then we'd have an overall winner for Twitter. And I would make a uh, meme for whoever won. And then we'd also have a winner for the show. And uh, it was it was just, you know, fun and silly and dumb. What do you guys think about the, the rumor uh, that's been going around the comedy scene in New York City that uh, Catherine is so much cooler than Carly, uh, and that, and that Carly's, um, farts stink. Um, what do you guys think about that? Seems fair. True. Yeah. Okay. Um, all right. That was, I mean, that was really one of my attempts to break you guys up, but okay. That one didn't work. And we just very peacefully agree. We just amicably. Inseparable. Yeah. Um, I will agree with podcast, anything Carly says. And yeah, for any podcast listeners, that seems only <laughs> That fart thing totally made up. The fart part, totally fake. Yeah, the cool level. We, yeah, the cool, I, as, as anyone who knows me knows, I am, I am the poster child for cool. Yeah, that's you pull up on your Vespa, you yeah. flip that cigarette across right, the street. That, those are cool signs. One of my greatest say, skills in life is making the person I'm with seem cooler by relation <laughs> to me. <laughs> by comparison. I think I my reputation everywhere, like school, work, comedy is cooler than Carly. 
Harley, I'm I'm single again. Would you be my wing person? Would you come Absolutely. with me to bars and just I make me look cool? I love being a wing person. I yeah. really do. <laughs> just I, make me look cool. I'm so I'm so down. I'll be there, and people will be like, "Oh, she's strange." And then you'll really bond over that with someone else. It'll be great. No, you. So you show up with Carly. They'll be like, "Who's that?" And you'll be like, "Oh, this like weirdo who just like follows me places." And Carly'll yeah. be like, "I am the weirdo." And then I, I don't. Like, yeah. But you don't even need to say that. You don't even need to say that, Catherine, because Carly's subtext is that she's the weirdo that follows people. So people just know they're like, that's the subtext. I get it. I get yeah. It. And then you guys can gossip about it. It'll be great. It's for, I'm really, I just break the ice. I'm a topic of conversation. <laughs> I like that everybody really likes Carly, but you can tell that Carly's always worried that everyone thinks she's the worst. Absolutely. It's a really fun that's combination. Like Carly's it's the best. I know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's Carly's whole brand. It's true. Yeah. Is Absolutely. very well liked, but in her head does not believe it. Honestly, I don't know what I would do with my time if I wasn't worried that everyone didn't hate me all the time. Like I could probably solve world hunger. Yeah. Like I would have so much time. I too busy, <laughs> too busy worrying about what other people think. You could never be too busy with yes, you can. Anyway, uh, we're <laughs> coming towards the end of our show. We like to ask everyone who comes on, what is Adv- either advice that you would give anyone trying to get into comedy or conversely, what's the best advice that you have ever received? Okay. Uh, yeah. Um, my friend, Danny Suggs, um, when I was starting out, actually, I saw him at a, at a few open mics. And I think the fifth time I said hi to him, and he goes, Oh, it's you. You're still here. And I was like, Oh, wow. <laughs> this guy hates me. I'm going to, I'm going to win him over and make him my best friend. And I have, I did win him over. Um, but at one point, I was a little stressed out. He goes, Stephen, this is a marathon. It's not a sprint. You know, some people, some people end up taking a year off here and there for comedy and then come back to it. Uh, Rodney Dangerfield, his, his whole career had kind of never taken off. He went and became a salesman for carpets. And then he came back and got famous in his 40s or 50s. One of the most, you know, iconic, famous comics of all time. It's... It's not anything to pressure yourself over. You're not going to use pressure to create joke diamonds out of joke coal. You're going to sit down and write and you're going to get on stage and make it fun and don't stress yourself out or bring yourself out over it. That was a really long answer for that. Not very funny. I apologize. I will uh, make a funny face now. (laughs) (laughs) No, that's a really good answer though, because it's like, there is so much pressure. Everything goes so fast in the modern world today. So it's hard not to feel that pressure of being like, okay, well, I'm going to do this now. And if I do everything right all of the time, perfectly, it'll work out by the end of this sentence. And just the longevity that you need to have and like the stamina to actually make something of it is so important. And honestly, easy to say, terrible to put into practice. Yeah. Or even like you're, it's so accessible to see like what everybody else is doing um, and so I feel like there's always that, like, do more, do more, do more, do more, because like, so-and-so did this now I need to do that. You know, like it, it's yeah. And in a world where like, everybody's posting everything all the time and stuff yeah. like that, it's kind of easy to get lost in the like sprint of it. Yeah. So I think it's um, good advice. I also, I also think that, uh, Carly, um, you should start using, uh, things move too fast nowadays. Cause you know, an 18 year old saying that, uh, very hilarious, like what other days have you had so far? It's always been like this. You were born after Instagram was invented. Okay. Get out of here. 
How old do you think I am? Yeah, we've got, we've really run the gamut of 18 to 45. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to leave that as a secret for the audience. We'll let them. That's fair. Guess. Yeah, I do. I do know your ages and social security numbers. I looked that up before I do any podcasts. Mm, just in wise. case. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Also, Catherine, I just ruined your credit score online. I'm really sorry. <laughs> it's okay. I'll steal someone else's identity. I'm no, no nice. big deal. Um, but we are coming to the end of our podcast. For our listeners who have loved hearing you talk today, where can they find you and see you perform? Uh, yeah, uh, my social media is now at Steve Cohen Fun because I'm creating a website for Steve Cohen dot fun. Apparently, you can have dot fun instead of dot com, and that's fun. And also, uh, I run shows on a weekly basis over at Spaghetti Tavern at 80th and Amsterdam on Thursdays at 9 p.m. And I also run a show on a regular basis at Custom House at uh, 14th and 9th. I'm going to have another show on Friday the 13th. It's my birthday party show. There's going to be free drinks. Uh, if you want to get that, go to my uh, my link tree um, on one of my many social media pages and you'll be able to find the free ticket link to that and get it awesome amazing well thank you so much for coming on thank you so much thanks for having me this is so much fun thank you for listening to laughing your mask off if you enjoyed this podcast please subscribe and leave a good review to keep up with our hosts follow katherine at katherine.cowan and carly at carly paulistina on instagram see you next week